0: Greenlight gives kids the power to be independent and grown-ups can trust that their kids have money wherever they are. Sign up at greenlight.com slash rebelgirls to get your first month at no cost and start building money confidence for life. Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right. You can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free, Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening.
1: Once upon a time, there was a girl with a song in her heart. Her name was Rosetta. Four-year-old Rosetta, or as her family and friends called her, Rosietta, scampered down a dirt road. She followed her mother past a few shops and businesses until they reached the Cotton Plant, Arkansas' Church of God and Christ Church and settled into a creaky pew with her mother, Katie. Rosietta, don't fidget, Katie whispered. Adjusting her hat. You'll do great. Church was one of Rosie's favorite times of the week. The entire community gathered at church to sing, dance, stump, and shout their joy to the rafters so loud that God and the angels could hear. When it was her turn, Rosie slid out of the pew and walked to the front. Rosie grinned when one of the musicians handed her a big guitar. It was so heavy, she almost couldn't carry it. But her fingers and her voice knew just what to do. She took a deep breath and sang as loud as she could. Soon, Rosie would grow up to be an international gospel star who rocked out on the electric guitar. I'm Kateri Bluford, and this is Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls, a fairy tale podcast about the rebel women who inspire us. On this episode, Rosetta Tharp, the godmother of rock and roll, who knew how to shred on any guitar and inspired every rock star who came after her. Rosetta sat on a train, staring glumly out the window. There was nothing she wanted more than to go back home to the small town she knew. But her mother had decided to pack up a few bags and take her daughter to Chicago. Rosie missed her father. She didn't know it yet, but she would never see him again. In Chicago, though, they joined an even bigger church Rosie almost forgot how sad she was when the band burst out with its loud, happy music and upbeat instrumental music. Churchgoers slapped tambourines against their legs, and musicians played piano, drums, and trumpets. It felt like a huge party every week. The church community felt just like home. There was just one thing missing. Rosietta wanted to put on a show. Katie? introduced her daughter as a singing and guitar-playing miracle. Everyone was curious about the little girl and wanted to see what she could do. One Sunday, the pastor lifted Rosie up on the piano so that everybody could see her. Then he handed her a two-big guitar. The moment she opened her mouth and let out her big voice, it was clear Rosietta was special. She felt every song deep in her heart. Her hands danced across the guitar strings and her voice went up and down, loud and soft. She added extra words and a little extra rosy flair. Soon, Katie and Rosietta took their show on the road. They were invited to play at church meetings, services, and several day church revival services in big tents all over the Midwest and beyond. On one of these trips, Rosie met a young preacher, Thomas Tharp. At 19, Rosie got married and joined his church. On Sundays, he preached and she played her famous guitar. But people were there more for her than for her husband. She shone much brighter than him, and he didn't like that. He tried to control her, and she started getting tired of it. Even though they had their problems, she got up every Sunday morning to sing. It was the last straw when he found another woman he liked better. Despite how much she loved him, he had hurt her too much. Rosietta left mean old preacher Thomas and took her talents to New York City. In New York, she could reinvent herself. Instead of performing in churches, she decided she would branch out to non-religious venues. She kept the name Tharp and started going by Rosetta instead of Rosietta, like when she was a kid. Rosetta Tharp found a job singing in the famous cotton club that hosted singers, dancers, actors, and comedians from all over. Although the club was usually whites only, they made exceptions for black artists. The sign outside the club read, Sister Rosetta Tharp. When she got inside, it was nothing like what she was used to. Everyone was white, and most of the performers were wild colors and sequins. She felt out of place in her modest dress, but she brought her bright smile and her heartfelt songs. She held her guitar like a trusted old friend and cheerfully faced the crowd to belt out a song. She made them feel the song all the way down to their bones. Sister Rosetta Tharp's fame grew and grew. She recorded her songs and her music was snatched up from the stores like hotcakes. Record companies sent Rosetta's songs abroad to entertain soldiers during World War II. She performed at the famous black nightclub Cafe Society at Carnegie Hall as an honored guest in all across America. That girl could play that guitar, Fans said. Lord have mercy. She would make it talk. Made that guitar walk and talk. Another audience member chimed in. Go on, girl. Make it talk, Rosetta. Most people love Rosetta, but not everyone did. There were debates about whether her music was religious enough for church. Some folks liked her new style of non-religious music, but some people wanted her to be more traditionally spiritual and only sing about how much she loved God. Some folks wanted her to be a modest, quiet, feminine woman. Rosetta's mean old ex-husband even came to one of her shows to yell at her for not being modest enough during her concerts. Cover your head, Thomas said, chastising her for not wearing a hat. Rosetta ignored him. She had enough rules at home as it was. From her mother, Katie, who now went by the name Mother Bell. Mother Bell wanted to make sure her daughter followed their strict religious principles. There were a lot of no's. No non-church music on Sundays, no record player in the house, no dancing, no showing your bare legs or arms. Rosetta followed most of these rules, but she and her friend Roxy like to dance. They would pull out the radio and dance around the apartment where nobody could see. (laughs) Girls, you girls, you all ought to be ashamed of yourselves, said Mother Bell. Ma Bell, you don't understand, the young women protested. Yes, I do, Mother Bell huffed. Rosetta and Roxy just grinned at each other. They followed most of the rules but they knew which ones could be big.
2: I have to tell you about my friend Penelope. She is hilarious. She only eats cheese doodles and canned beans and she loves to sing and fly through walls. Wait, did I tell you that Penelope is my imaginary friend? Well, she is, but she's totally real to me. Anywho, Penelope and I are very excited because there's a new movie coming out on May 17 all about imaginary friends. It's called IF, which stands for imaginary friends. Pretty cool, am I right? IF is so much fun with lovable fuzzy giants and bright new galaxies. It stars Kaylee Fleming as B a girl who discovers that she can see everyone else's ifs. Meanwhile, Cal, played by Ryan Reynolds, can also see ifs. Together, they team up and go on a magical adventure to reconnect forgotten ifs with their kids. If is from the brilliant mind of writer-director John Krasinski. It also stars John Krasinski, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Maya Rudolph, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Emily Blunt, Aquafina, and Steve Carell, just to name a few. It celebrates the incredible power of curiosity and creativity, and it's definitely a laugh-out loud adventure for the whole family. If comes out in theaters starting May 17th and is guaranteed to knock your socks off. What? Oh, Penelope says she wears two pairs of socks at all times. Also, that imaginary friends get limitless refills on popcorn. So join us in the theater on May 17. Bring your imaginary friends, too.
1: One day, Rosetta heard a voice that she felt would harmonize perfectly with her own. The voice belonged to a woman named Marie Knight. A slender, elegant lady with bright, shining eyes. Her talented fingers danced across the white piano keys with grace. A plan started to form in Rosetta's mind. Maybe Marie would want to travel with her group of gospel musicians. Rosetta begged her to join. Even though Marie had two small children, she left them in the capable hands of their grandmother and agreed. The very next day, Rosetta and Marie took a train to the Midwest to perform in Chicago and Detroit as Sister Rosetta Tharp featuring special guest, Madame Marie Knight. Marie and Rosetta wore fancy white dresses, sparkly earrings, and fur coats. Their stylist did their hair and makeup. When they stepped out from behind the curtain, Marie and Rosetta's smiles shone almost as bright as the stage lights. People loved seeing the two of them together. They'd wear silly costumes and crack jokes during the show. They'd switch instruments and take turns singing or playing solo. Some people thought they were in love with each other because Rosetta loved both men and women. But Marie insisted that they were just best friends, and Rosetta kept the details of her private life quiet. But then Marie's family suffered a terrible tragedy. So she stopped traveling with Rosetta and headed home to New Jersey to be with her family. Even though their tour was over, the two stayed friends for their whole lives. Rosetta's biggest concert ever was also her wedding. With joyful, carnival-like flair, signs everywhere read, wedding bells ring out for Rosetta Tharp, witness the most elaborate wedding ever staged, everybody welcome, plus world's greatest spiritual concert. In 1951, Rosetta stepped onto the stage wearing an outfit that was roughly the price of a brand new car during that year. A rhinestone and pearl encrusted tiara rested among her curls. Her sequin trimmed veil trailed behind her as her white satin heels clicked across the stage. The wedding was lavish and expensive, but the concert was the main event. Rosetta and dozens of her famous musical artist friends performed for 20,000 guests. At the end of the show, fireworks lit up in the night sky with images of a giant Rosetta playing guitar. She wanted to go out with a bang. After her wedding, Rosetta kept performing for audiences all over America, but she wanted to try something new. She switched from acoustic guitar to electric and experimented with the new sound. She wailed and pranced around the stage, blending jazz, blues, and gospel sounds together to create a whole new genre. Then she brought her unique sound to Europe. She performed in Britain, France, Switzerland, Denmark, and Sweden. The people there didn't know much about Black people, but they were sure excited to hear her play. You know, there is nothing like a friendly, warm audience. Rosetta told reporters. As Rosetta got older, she started to feel sicker and sicker. Her music wasn't as popular as it was before her lavish wedding concert, but she went on traveling and playing music until she couldn't anymore. She had music in her bones. Rosetta's music influenced hundreds of famous rock star legends. But Rosetta was possibly the first rock star. It's said that her song, Strange Things Happen Every Day, was the first rock song ever produced. When she heard about a new name for a genre of music, she laughed and said, All this new stuff they call rock and roll, why? I've been playing that for years. Rosetta passed away in 1973. Marie Knight prepared Rosetta's clothes and makeup for the funeral as a final gesture of their strong friendship. She was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2018. People now call Sister Rosetta Tharp the godmother of rock and roll.
2: This podcast is a production of Rebel Girls and is based on the book series, Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. This episode was produced by Camille Stennis. Sound design and mixing by Bianca Salinas. This episode was written by Justine Ware and fact-checked by Joe Radigan. Executive producer is Katie Springer. Haley Dapkus is our production manager. Original theme music was composed and performed by Electra Bar Jockey. A big thanks to the whole Rebel Girls team who make this show possible. For more, visit rebelgirls.com. And if you like what you heard, don't forget to rate and review this episode. And share it with your friends. Until next time, stay Rebel!